Well, thank you guys for you know checking out the stream. Uh, this is another episode of Start Minds podcast. As always, Dan, the host of the show, fifty plus episodes deep. Today we got another amazing uh, person in the business space, Frederick Van Hoon, who I'm going to call Freddie today, is joining us. He is the creator of Absolute Internship. Uh, they give internships to students uh, internationally. Some really new concept that I'm just learning about and wish I would uh, have done if I were still a student or maybe still can do. So Frederick, man, welcome to the show. It, uh, we're excited to have you here. Uh, welcome from uh, Spain. Thank you very much, Dan. I'm very excited to be here and to, to speak to you. For sure. Uh, you know, what caught my attention first was uh, like a couple of the articles I was reading regarding like Forbes or like uh, NBC or whatever. It was saying, you know, how you were a Swedish Cambodian uh, entrepreneur. And I think that those two don't really, it's, it's kind of one of those rare mixes. So what does that mean? Does that mean your family's from, you're born in Cambodia and grew up in Sweden? Is that how? So I'm born and raised in Sweden, but my parents are from Cambodia. But the thing is, Anytime I introduce myself as a Swedish, people give me that look, you know, okay. like, well, I, I, I'm sure you know the look then, like, okay, you don't look very Swedish. So I'm like, okay, my parents are from Cambodia. So um, I thought, you know what, I'll just go with Swedish Cambodian and uh, it, it removes all the hassle, you know, so to speak. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. I mean, um, I was also reading like how, uh, you know, your family kind of, uh, fled the you know the scene back in the day where it was kind of hectic in Cambodia getting in Sweden that's that's great and you know you were able to you know talk about your first time struggles or first time experiences as a person trying to make their own business um uh you know during those times if you could you know Fred just give us a like a overview of absolute internship uh just where it stands today and then we can kind of unpack where things began and all that stuff Certainly. Um, so Absolute Internship is a global internship program designed for high school and university students that are looking to do an international internship remote or on site. And uh, we partner with over 800 top companies around the world and nonprofits that are, that are hosting our interns. And students do these internships from one month up to six months. Um, so yeah, that's in short what we are, and we're one of the biggest programs out there today. Wow, uh, yeah, like is this whole thing um, like just trying to remind her since you know I've never thought of working in another country, let alone getting an internship in another country. Although I do, you know, feel like it's more common, like common with remote work, right? Like, or just option to be international like that. What gave you the inspiration for this? Um, since it's it's kind of you know hard like hard to imagine going make a global business and interacting with people who are across the world that you've you know it just seems so difficult. <laughs> yes. Um, so let's go back a bit. We yeah. can. Uh, so back in two thousand and seven, I was an exchange student in Shanghai, China. Um, never been to China before. And it was the first time I lived abroad by myself. And uh, I had such a great time. I, I built up my, my network there, met, met other students. I met interns there. And um, the year after, I moved to Japan for my second exchange semester. And I had three classmates from the, from the U.S. And they were looking for, for summer internships. And I was like, oh, yeah. 
because internships were not that popular back in Sweden then. I was like, okay, my, my ex-roommate was an intern. They're like, okay, what what is that? And what are you guys looking for exactly? And they were like, well, it's sort of like a job, but you're sort of like a trainee, but not really. You're an intern, you're working, and it's a great way to build your resume. And I was like, well, you know what? I have three. I had three great friends back in China that did did their internships. One for was for the for, for Heineken, one for the Beijing Olympics, and one for a project management company. And I was like, I'm gonna hook you guys up. And this was this was like the early early days of Facebook. Um, it was very very challenging to to secure something overseas, and there was no Airbnb and no Booking.com. So I, I hooked them up with these internships. And they they had such a problem finding accommodation for the summer, and they didn't have such a good time. So a few months later, so it was autumn now, so fall. I was like, okay, how, how was your how was your summer in China? And they're like, well, it wasn't that great. And that made me question, like, okay, why didn't they have such a good time, and I had such an awesome time? So fast mm. forward with a few months, um, I was living in Thailand. Uh, I graduated. I moved there, and I read this book, The Four Hour Work Week. Um, Tim Ferriss, right? Exactly. Yeah, which, <laughs> which just that came out. I was so inspired. I was so pumped up, and um, it was a Friday evening. I was watching so uh, Sopranos, which I remember, uh, and I had the DVD collection, and I was like, okay, the episode had finished for, for the for the night, and I was like, okay. Um, what's what's this summer internships about so i was googling the word literally summer internships and what popped up was a company in the us that were selling and organizing internship programs in new york city for twelve thousand dollars and every summer they had 400 students there was two three or four hundred students and i was like people speak english in new york city you don't need help there you need help in china <laughs> where people you know don't speak english um so i was like okay this is a business here yeah so because this is a business and that you don't need an office for because what what tim and the four hour work week what he really you know promoted back then was a remote work you know which today is people take for granted because of covid and post-covid yeah. like then this was early days you know so I asked myself, okay, I can't get a full-time job. Um, I have my side hustle, which is I'm a big soccer fan. My, my, my favorite soccer team is Juventus. So I had a side hustle in Thailand where I went to the Nike factories and Adidas factories and I bought uh, jerseys in bulk and I sold them on eBay. I made $500 per month. Um, That's the way to do it. <laughs> and I lived, yeah, and I lived very cheap. I lived on two dollars a day. Uh, I lived like a king. I mean, it was amazing. Just by Wait, where was this again? Th Bangkok, in Bangkok, Thailand. Bangkok. You know? But anyway, I was like, okay, I'm not gonna like have a steady living this way. And I started to seriously think about this business, the internship business. And I was like, what they did in the U.S., I can do that in Asia. So, wow. That's how it started then. Uh, we did, I didn't yeah. have a lot of savings back then. Together, me and my partner, we had $2,000 in um, yeah. in total. And we had one laptop to share. So that's how we started. Man. So in a journey of 10 years, uh, everyone, you know, kind of would just see the tip of the iceberg, right? And like not all the late nights and not all the 
rejections or the the hardship that that it took to to get to this. But I was reading the article on forums where um, it mentions you know you you were able to take two thousand dollars as you had just um, alluded to and turn it into like you know a, a really big like multi million dollar company, right? That seems oh. Um, that's amazing. So, congrats for that. But uh, I think I think Thank you very I much. Say, I'm very humbled about it. So, um, man, I, what I want to say is, uh, did did you kind of see, did did you think that you would this would really be the result at the end of the year, like just one step at a time? And does that happen? Like, what do you think was the main factor in terms of getting this to where it is, or what were some of the factors? So, Dan, one thing that um, I don't, I, don't, I don't want this to sound like, okay, yeah. this is like a snob, right? But yeah. <laughs> I think it was in year two of, uh, of my journey as an entrepreneur. I read the book, Think and Grow Rich. It was a very challenging year because, you know, I couldn't get a, couldn't take a salary. I think it was until year four, you know? So, you know, living on pasta, tomato sauce and cup noodles for several, several years, you know, it gets tiring, right? And um, I read this book, Think and Grow Rich, which by, by Napoleon Hill, which was recommended by one of my virtual mentors, Damon John, who was was the co-founder of FUBU, which, you know, I, I really looked up to him. So, like, if that's his favorite book, I'm going to read that. For those that are listening that don't know the book, it's sort of it, it was written like over 100 years ago about from Napoleon Hill. He went to interview the billionaires back then so um let me see andrew carnegie for example who was one of the first um billionaires um in the world rockefeller uh, well, probably well, too huh exactly yeah. exactly and he was asking them these people about their habits and what makes you so successful so to speak and he compiled all their similarities and what worked for them so what I did was I followed all the steps that Napoleon Hill had compiled in the book. And one of them, one of the most powerful one was you need to have a burning desire to reach your dreams and your goals. Which means literally when shit hits the fan, you know, and... Yeah. You know, it's rainy, like you're cold, like you're, you have you have lack of sleep. You yeah, need to still yeah. believe that you, you're you going to make it, you know, that you're going to build a million, multi-million dollar business. And another thing that I uh, really took away from that book was writing down my goals. So I was not writing on my uh, phone or whatever. I, yeah, I had yeah. my, I had a pen, I had a paper, I wrote down my goals. What was my what he called the ultimate life goal or objective, you know, if you want to call it that way. And I was reading them loud for myself, morning, lunch, and evening. Yeah. Hey, Fred, and, I, I got to chime in. Just don't mean to cut you off. I think I, with myself, I was just actually thinking about, you know, in uh, kindergarten, if I got in trouble or something, I would have to write, I won't write. I mean, like, for example, they'd give me lines to write and I'd have to write a hundred times. I won't say bad words or something. So that's kind of similar to that, like, and but flip flip it around, and it's like I will, you know, ten x this podcast. I will make x money. You know, I'll get a job, type of stuff like that. So uh, exactly, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, and you know what, Dan? I yeah. believed it. I believed it. 
I believed it and I saw it in front of me, you know, so I would like close my eyes sometimes randomly, you know, when I was, you know, when I was a, on a business trip and I was cold, I was hungry. I would like sit and I would imagine things. I would be like, you know what? I'm in my comfortable, I don't know, Mercedes Benz now and in a very expensive suit. <laughs> I'm sleeping in a five-star hotel and this is the meal I'm eating. And I would be dreaming about things, this, this, these things. And I would dream about the number of students that we have and I would envision them. Huh. And you know what? Okay, like it, a lot of it came from the book, but I used to be a very talented ping pong player back in Sweden. I was a very, very good ping pong player. And I, I came from a village, like a town where we didn't have a ping pong club. We had to drive very far away to train. And I would, and this was like pre-YouTube, like you yeah. couldn't like learn online, you know, you, and especially ping pong, which is extremely technical. You needed to have like literally a physical coach telling you, hey, you okay. need to like move this way. You, you're, you're moving your hip a little bit wrong here. So I was training a lot ping pong and, you know, a lot of things. I think a lot of success that I had in sports, I was able to transmit that, especially that burning desire, you know, that, you know what, I will make it. It's just a matter of time. And I think another thing that, uh, that I learned, which came from a mother, she said that an overnight success takes an average 10 years. She doesn't know any successful people who have not suffered for 10 years. And Man. it's a journey. It's, it is a journey. I think, uh, you know, just our lives right now, it's so much instant gratification. Don't want to blame social media exactly or our phones. But uh, I, I mean, we do see we do see just uh, the tip of the iceberg all the time. It's just, uh, you know, somebody raises a month like a round of funding, but a lot of a lot of sweat and a lot of uh, failure went into that. So it's, it's uh, not really the whole story here and I'm, I'm, you know, really enjoying hearing about what you were creating. So, um, you know, I love also how you brought up, you know, living on $2 a day and, and uh, eating pasta and, and, you know, that moment where you were imagining um, uh, just, you know, being in a fancy hotel and, you know, that moment of, I, I've made something of myself. It's, it's pretty awesome. Um, uh, so I think it'd be great to just get into like, what was a business plan or like the business model um since uh that's that's kind of what uh would would make you know the story or you know that's kind of what i'm wondering now is like how did uh you guys exactly um you know monetize your your company so uh i went to i went to business school um i'm gonna be honest i wasn't i wasn't the like a straight A student. I was a I was a good student, but I was not a straight A student. Like I know that people that had straight A's in my class, they work they were like consultants, they work at McKinsey, <laughs> like um KPMG, PWC and all of that. I was not one of those guys. I was like among like the good ones, but I was not among the best. I had a mentor when I went to high school. He told me you go to business school or university to network. Right. That's your number one goal, you know. So I went to, um, he said, go to a smaller school. You want to be a big fish in a small pond rather than a big fish in the sea. So that's something that I always took away from me. So I went <laughs> to a small business school and, um, and um, 
I focused on the, on the, the networking. And the reason why I'm saying that is I've always been practical. So you asked me about a business plan. I didn't like write a 40 pages business plan about how we're going to do it. Yeah. The way I looked at it was, all right, how, how is this business going to work? We need a website. How much is that going to cost? I don't know how to design. Who can design it? Uh, what type of functions do we need? Um, where are people going to pay? When are they going to pay? What are we going to do with the money? What's beautiful with, with, with absolute internship per se is that we're not selling socks or tables or glasses, you know? Mm -hmm. So we didn't have to front load any cash. People came to us for service and they said, Hey, Hey, Frederick, Hey, Freddie, here's like $5,000. Um, I need to be set up with a group of other amazing, awesome students in China. And I need a safe accommodation, clean. I need a visa. I need cultural activities. And I need you to fix that. So wow. we, always had a, we always had a great cash flow. Um, and basically, that you know what, Dan? That was the business plan. I was like, okay, let's get you know, as many students as we could, so we could live as cheaply as we, as we could, so we could reinvest as money, as much money as we could. Um, basically that's what it was then. I remember that the first sort of like plan that we had was like written on, on two pages on, on Microsoft word. So very, very. I mean, yeah, no, that's amazing. I mean, uh, you know, and just and, and just uh, you know, coming with like the mission of uh, helping people with their careers is also uh, you know something that's uh, really needed in, in the world. And, and um, you know, people who are young who who need a, a career boost for sure. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit more about um, absolute internship in terms of like you know uh, how how students are experiencing it today, and like what's the experience um, and like what's uh, you know, the value for the companies and just kind of just more on that. Sure. I, I mean, students have a great time, uh -huh. right? So you're checking out reviews uh, of students who have had, who have done absolute internship, obviously we're working really hard to like delight our customers, which in this case are the students and the parents and, and they're having a great time. We're working really hard to satisfy our customers because I believe wholeheartedly that our customers own us. They, they literally own us and we are only as good as our last internship. So we always have to be like performing, you know, really well for our customers. When it comes to the value, if you're asking about the value proposition, um, we want to, I mean, we're basically, we're not inventing the wheel. We're not doing something that has to do with rocket science. We're <laughs> offering a service to match high school and university students with international internships um, all around the world. That's what we do basically. Uh, and we ensure that they all get amazing networking opportunities and they are connected with other awesome students that are around the same age and are as talented and ambitious and, and driven as they are, so. Wow, that's pretty awesome. I mean, uh, you know, Fred, I'd love to, hear more about um you know maybe what it was like for you when the business was thriving or you know maybe in that time frame when uh you were you know there was some level of success can you just maybe like walk me through like what it was like in 2016 or like 
you know, what, what was uh, your journey like during those times? Because uh, it seems like we we'd love to just uh, just know what a uh, what was you know like in that day. Sure. Um... So the question, just to be clear, Dan, yeah, is how it yeah. felt when sort of like we made it. Is that what you're asking? Uh, like, yeah, okay, yeah. Like we're when safe you now. Like yeah, exactly, exactly. That. Um, or, I think uh, one big milestone was when we could take out my first salary. This was like after four years. Um, oh, okay. that was a, that was a huge milestone. Um, to not worry, you know, then to not worry yeah. that, okay, um, we need, I need to save up to pay rent because for one year, like in the beginning of absolute internship, I, uh, I moved in and I lived with my mother-in-law for a year in order to save rent. And I, basically we ran absolute internship from her kitchen table. So no way. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a true story, you know, and, and, and she knows Who's about it and, so, is this in Sweden or was this in? No, this was in France. This was oh, in France. France. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, I was there for for a year and little apartment, very small, just like operating the business from there. So, but anyway, um, then, yeah, 2016 uh, was a beautiful year. 2015 too. We've been growing always double digits since since year one. Absolute internship in property profitable without any external bank loans or external investments, angel investments, nothing like that. We're all self-funded. Awesome. And it's, I don't know how to describe it, Dan. It's, it's a great question, you know, like, I don't know, happy, grateful uh, <laughs> when, 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 you know, yeah. when things were, were going great, you know, and it's still things are great today too, you know, but I think, relieved i guess it's it's a good it's a good um it's a good word and and um what's next i think that was one one question that i asked too like what's next man no, like okay how do we innovate like how do we how do we become better how do we find motivation from here you know so so there was a lot of that like a lot of gratitude a lot of like okay relief but mm -hmm. also okay what's next like, how do we grow from here? Um, how do we innovate? How do we become better? Because when you're number one or you're number two, um, there's a pack behind and they all want to take your mm -hmm. place. So. Yeah, uh, I think, Fred, Fred, Freddie, I'd love to hear, like, what do you think separates your company from, I guess, some other services that try to do this? Like, is it... Uh, yeah, what what is it? Because I'm, I'm I don't want to you know because I don't I'm not too familiar with like international. Yeah. Uh, no. It, <laughs> do you mean like from the value proposition side or the way we operate the businesses or? Yeah, you know, you know, like for instance, like what separates In and Out from McDonald's or like um, I, I mean, I I guess just what do you think it is that you guys do differently or like what people say about you is different compared to what exists out um, elsewhere. Just to you know, learn more. I'll I'll make it simple. Um, <laughs> I like to tell all our students and parents, whoever speak to us, that whenever they come to absolute internship, they're gonna be treated as a person, and they're gonna be treated like when you check into a boutique hotel. 
mm. we're not Walmart, we're not like the Holiday Inns. When you come to us, we don't accept all the students that we get. We could make more money. We could welcome more students. It's a tr it's a, it's a fact. We could make more money, you know. But we want to welcome as many as we're able to serve to the, at our maximum capacity, so to speak. They can go to other companies where they can source, it, where they can get an internship, and and that's fine. But they will never be as cared for as when they're coming to absolute internship and. You know, it sounds cheesy, mm -hmm. but word of mouth is the best marketing you can have, you know, and it has always been. Whether that was 20 years ago or 100 years ago, word of mouth was, it's the best, you know, so. Yeah, you know, Freddie, Fred, I'd love to, you know, that's a great answer too. And I just like, uh, think it'd be, uh, you know, something that I wonder is, um, what is uh, the world, you know, what is this experience like for somebody who's going to either, you know, uh, Portugal for the first time or France or uh, Japan for the first time um, since uh, I, my, I myself have not been to any of those places but you know you run a company where you um, I'm guessing you travel to these places some at times and people that you uh, kind of are in charge of to some extent travel to these places for the first time what do you think it is that you know somebody doing an internship in a different country compared to their hometown or somewhere nearby what is that what is like the how do you say it like what is the like what's i think you know there's an obvious answer of like oh it's a new place and you just learn but like what is the value of going to somewhere you've never been before and just experience a whole new business and a whole new uh culture if you could various things then various things yeah the number one is the personal growth, uh -huh. personal growth, because you can stay in your hometown, you can yeah. stay in your bed, <laughs> you know, nothing grows there, exactly. nothing grows in your comfort zone, right? So it's like what my jujitsu coach says, it's like, okay, Freddie, are you more comfortable in your bed or are you more comfortable when it's cold and you're coming here at 7.30 biking here? Well, like, well, I mean, it's more comfortable in my bed. He said, yeah, but nothing grows there. You have to bike, you have to go here when it's cold and train because doing the hard things is when you grow personally and professionally. So why somebody from the Philippines, why somebody from the Midwest in the US would go to Japan where not many people mm -hmm. speak English to do an international <laughs> internship exactly. and live, you know, a hundred other strangers that they never met before is you will never grow that much in your life that you will be growing by spending two months being outside completely in your comfort zone, asking strangers for directions in Japan, eating food that you never had eaten before, bonding with people that you never met before. And that, that does something to your mind. It does something yeah. to your soul. And you grow tremendously, Dan. The work experience is just like a consequence. Yes, you you building your resume. Like, yeah, that's uh -huh. forgiven. You know, like it's given. You will be growing yeah, like your resume. But you know, instead of like arriving in Japan with a twenty-year-old mind, you're gonna leave Japan with a thirty-year-old mind. You're gonna become more self-confident. You're gonna be completely much more culturally aware because you're gonna be surrounded with a hundred other students, not only from the U.S. You're gonna be hanging out with people from Hong Kong, um, Australia, Italy, Spain, Sweden, you name it, like people from literally all around the world. So you're gonna become 
not only consumed and like integrated in Japanese culture, but you're going to be getting to know so many different cultures. And above all, you're going to be immersed in a culture that is completely, completely different to your own. And that's going to make you a much richer person. And I'm talking yeah. about wisdom here. I'm not talking about dollar and cents. I'm talking yeah. about wisdom. No. Yeah. So, and I know it's an investment. It's expensive. It's mm -hmm. expensive to go abroad and and travel abroad and live in another culture, uh, another culture. But my mom, she told me that you know. I remember we grew up like um, my parents that they worked in a metal factory back in Sweden. That's literally the lowest paying jobs um, you could have, and my parents their biggest dream was like okay if you have the opportunity to go abroad to study go abroad to work you know we need to do everything for you to do that because that's literally how you're going to change your life and you're going to broaden your horizons and the doors is going to open it's going to multiply so mm -hmm. yeah a student going like from the midwest to japan like yeah like Everything that you're going to grow, yes, but the last thing is the doors is going to open. Yes, you're going to have this work experience in Japan that probably no one in your class ever had. Uh -huh. Like, imagine how many people can say that they lived and worked in Japan? I think not too many. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> it's, your resume is going to spark, but then... this I mean, the skills, the cultural awareness, the networking, yeah. like... Mm -hmm. And every time you go to Spain, you're going to have some friends that you can be able to stay at every time you go to Sweden or Hong Kong or Australia. So it's an extremely personal enriching experience. Do you, do you find, um, I think a question like it has to do with travel just since do you, do you find like that people tell you that, uh, whether it's like the first time in a new country, right? Like that's, uh, and, and add like, you're not with your friends, right? You're kind of like alone. Um, is that, overwhelming and scary for for maybe one of you know, somebody who's doing that since uh i don't you know, I, I, example, think it, I don't I think know. It definitely it's scary to go alone yeah. i think definitely it's, it's scary and i think that's why it's well, so it pushes I think it's you safe to, to change yeah well it pushes yeah. you extremely it pushes you extremely pool, yes <laughs> yeah but if you're going as a group and you know oh, there's okay. a safety network and there is like 50 or 80 or 100 other students that are coming from their hometowns I think yeah. that um, that adds a, a layer of safety, um, and you know we have on-site staff, so there's always somebody to contact um, in case of emergencies. So you know, you, you know Fred, I gotta ask you this: like when the pandemic kind of happened, I think my attitude toward travel shifted from like a not uh, not as much of an optimistic or happy uh, perspective. Do you think that uh, that's changed for you at all? Um, I don't know, has, has your vision, I mean, uh, what do you call that? Your, your, um, your perception of travel changed because of COVID or is it more like always travel, travel and travel is always good. You're asking me personally, Dan? I, I mean, yeah, just yeah. love to hear your thoughts. I'm kind of the opposite of you, man. I've, I've not traveled yeah. more. Than well, I mean, I think COVID <laughs> made me like extremely, I became even more travel obsessed. Like mm -hmm. during COVID when there was the lockdown in Spain, I was like all over travel documentaries, like every single evening. I'm, and I'm not like exaggerating. It was like, I was all over YouTube watching documentary about Tanzania, Australia, New Zealand, you know, and just soaking in 
traveling. But I think the pandemic is very serious. It's something that we should be taking seriously, you know, and I think everyone, including myself, you know, been taking a lot of precautions, you know, yeah. every time I've been traveling, um, wearing my mask, uh, washing my hands, being careful. And I think that's all we can do. Um, but mm -hmm. I, I don't want to stop living, you know, like personally, yeah. I love yeah. meeting people. I love meeting people from different cultures. I love tasting food from different cultures. And I believe that travel makes you richer and, and especially, especially experiencing different cultures and henceforth, you know, on my free time, I, I try to, to travel as much as I can. And, you know, I, I live and breed, you know, what we're trying to, to do at Absolute Internship, which is really to inspire um, people to follow their dreams um, and their passions and by experiencing different cultures. I gotta ask you, like, how many how many countries have you traveled to? Or uh, you it's it's now? over it's over fifty now, Dan. But I, I've what? stopped the count. Like, I over have an 50. Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, I have an Excel sheet somewhere on my computer, but it's definitely over fifty. So, do you have a favorite place that, or I mean, not favorite, but like just memorable moment that you could talk to us about that uh, would not really be so known? Maybe just one. Uh, like, what was it like first day in X Y Z country? Or? Um, let me see. <laughs> no worries. So when I was, I think it was seven, first time I came to Cambodia. No. That was the first time I was outside of Europe. And um, I was very overwhelmed of the amount of people, the smells, the humidity, the heat, and... Um, the different sort of like poverty that existed and how, I mean, dirty some places were. My parents were from Cambodia, which I said earlier, and being so, so uncomfortable then, extremely yeah. uncomfortable because back then in Cambodia, we didn't have hot water and um, taking showers were basically like a, a bucket with water that you was like basically collected rainwater, you know, mm -hmm, that you mm -hmm. sort of like showered yourself with. Um, and uh, yeah, being extremely uncomfortable. But when I come, when coming back to Sweden, being so, so grateful about what we had, um, it was very, very, it was a very, very amazing trip. And I've been back so many times afterwards. So, no way. That, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, that's, that's definitely. I think worth hearing for sure. Uh, we're coming kind of near the end of the podcast here, Fred. A uh, couple last things we want to uh, get to know you or know from you is uh, uh, if you were to give advice to your 20 year old self, what would that be? Uh, firstly, so that's the first one. I would say continue to seek wisdom from elders and people that you look up to which you're already doing so just keep doing that <laughs> and keep living below your means and investing in what you believe in and uh, he would also say dare to be yourself continue to be yourself and don't let don't let like the uh, the naysayers sort of like get you 
to another route. Just follow what you're saying and what you're thinking and what you believe in. That's great. Uh, next question here is, uh, if you were to verbalize your own personal startup mindset uh, in however long you need to, to do that, how, <laughs> how, how, would you, how, how would you put it into words? I think I, I would say consistent. Gotcha. I think I would say consistent. Um, yeah. And then uh, one more thing here, Fred, is uh, uh, what is it called? What, so the books that you mentioned earlier, they were Think and Grow Rich and uh, Four Hour Work Week. It, let's say you never read those books. Like, do you think you would have gotten to where you are right now? Or, I mean, what were the. It's, it's a tough question, Dan. I don't know. I don't, uh -huh. you know, I don't know. Because the four-hour work week was sort of like the seed of absolute internship. Right. And then Think and Grow Rich was, I needed to read that book at that stage. And that sort of like, mm -hmm. it really lit, like the fire, that, the, the fire that I had inside me became smaller and smaller. And that one like really lit like a fire inside me. And it, it really changed the, the, the course of my life completely. So... I don't know, Dan. I don't know. Well, one thing that just popped in my mind, Fred, was uh, when you're going to a new place for the first time, let's say it's you've never been there before, do you do anything to mentally prepare yourself for that? Whether it's, I don't know, just calling somebody who lives there? Or like, Is there something that you would recommend, and like me who has not been around the world, to, to do before they go somewhere new? <laughs> what I like to do is... I, I do a little bit of research, for example, of things you need to visit. If you're going to a place and I try to take things that, you know, correspond to what I like personally, you know, I don't like, that doesn't mean that I go to all those places. It means that, okay, these are like things that I might be want to be doing. Okay. Uh, this sounds, this looks interesting. And I sort of make a list of what I want to do based mm -hmm. on that. Um, wow. Good point. Then, I uh, like to meet locals. So right now, something that's really easy, something that I that I always do is I sign up for Airbnb experiences, which is very easy to do. Yeah. I even do that in my own hometown here in Barcelona. Oh, wow. So, so you know, I, don't, I think, do you live in San Francisco? Uh, I'm from San Francisco. I live in, like, the town next to a daily city, but basically so almost. <laughs> that's something that you can do in San Francisco. Uh -huh. Like you can sign up for like um, Airbnb experiences. So um, for example, um, that's something that I did in Sardinia. Uh, it's an island, oh, an wow. Italian island. Yeah. Like I, I did a few of those and like things that I normally don't do. Like I signed up for a cooking class and I met like other people that were really, really, really interesting or from Germany, for example. And I got to meet like an amazing host that was in real estate. So, you know, you expand your oh network, yeah. you have fun, yeah, yeah. Like you have a cultural experience, you have amazing food at the same time. <laughs> and another thing that I like to do is I, I love food and I love because I believe that through food, you can experience a culture. So I check out mm -hmm. like not only TripAdvisor, because there's so many fake reviews out there, but mm -hmm. yeah. I do like sort of a short list of like, what are the top five, for example, restaurants that I would like to to, to go to. Um, I like mom and pop restaurants, um, you know, like b basically sure. the hole in the wall, you know, like I don't really care how fancy it is. I'm looking for what's good. So um, 
and I, I start them on Google Maps and I go yeah. to those places. But above all, then mm -hmm. I love to travel slowly. Mm -hmm. So I know there's a lot of people out there listening. I don't know if they're like in the US or in Canada, they're coming to Europe for two weeks and they want to be visiting like six countries. Like you're, you're right. just stressing yourself. You're just stressing yourself. Life's too short. You want to be traveling slowly. Like two weeks, you might be tra you might be, be able to visit like two countries, you know? Um, so I like to travel slowly and um, that way yeah, you're no, not stressing no. yourself and you're able to literally savor, savor each moment um, wow. that yeah. you are enjoying when you're traveling. So I got one more thing that just popped in, like to my mind. It was like, when when you're traveling and like there's airplane turbulence, do you ever think I shouldn't have gotten on this flight? Or like, well, how do you feel with that? Cause I mean, I don't like it, but it's part of, it's part of the, it's part of the things you got. It's part of the through. process. It's part of the process. Um, have you ever had like the worst airplane turbulence and you, what was your reaction? Yeah. To like actually in the U S it was terrible. I flew from, I think it was from London to Orlando and it was so bad. We're about to land. Yeah, and it was so much rain, so much wind. They're like, "No, we cannot land. It's too unsafe. We have to fly to Tampa," mm. and that had never happened to me. And I'm a frequent flyer, and we arrived yeah. in Tampa, and we had to wait for like an hour, and then fly to Orlando. Uh, I think that was the only time I was a little—I mean, a little bit scared. But I think, you know what, then whenever there's turbulences, whatever happens, I think one must understand and like ponder on that you know being in an airplane is one of the safest methods of 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 of, um, of commuting you know it's safer than being <laughs> in a car for example so for sure enjoy the ride um yeah enjoy the ride then you know so thanks uh, fred last thing here is how do people uh learn about absolute internship and if they're a student or you know they have friends who want to uh sign up how can they sign up or how can they be part of the selection process sure they can um, go to absoluteinternship.com um, I like to say it's like the absolute vodka but you add an e so absoluteinternship.com uh, and fill out an application form that takes five ten minutes and we'll, we'll assess your application and we'll get back to you within a day or two wow, if they want to learn and, and connect with me um just look for me frederick van hun or on, on linkedin uh feel free to connect with me um or check me out on on TikTok and instagram sure. freddy van hun there where i put out a lot of valuable content to to people um try to inspire people as much as i can and um i'm also having i'm also a host of fika with rice um, oh, okay. where i interview a lot of of um successful entrepreneurs athletes billionaires, uh, best-selling authors. And if people are interested, check it out. It's on Spotify, YouTube, um, Apple podcast, whatever you, whatever you're listening to, to your podcast. Wow. Well, Freddie, man, I mean, learned so much today and wants to thank you for dropping the wisdom and uh, sharing your stories. It's uh, really valuable here. So we appreciate it. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure, Dan.